0: Hi everyone and welcome back to the Gentleman's Talk. Here we are on a Monday. Something unusual, but I'm on a countdown to Christmas. And I want to do something a little bit different. And uh, (laughs) different different in the sense that I'm talking to you on the on the build up to Christmas. Because for me, Christmas has been a very difficult time. It it revolves around my car crashes. Um I get a lot of anxiety driving at this time of the year. Um and I battle the moods of the darkness and the rainy nights. You could, you'll probably hear throughout this podcast, the rain is howling down in the UK at the moment. So there's a lot of sadness, it really is. And like I said, you've been listening to me, I'm going up and down. Um, but you often try to look for that light in the end of the tunnel. And I, and I remember actually saying a quote once that. Um, Cracks form to let the light through. And that's often what I refer to as our mental health. When you start cracking, you're letting the light through. You're searching for that happiness again. And do you know what? I'm in a really good place, really good place today. Okay, because, and I don't say a good place in general, because Christ alive, I'm, I'm a roller coaster. But I'm in a good place because I managed to catch up with a good friend of mine. Now, as a lot of the podcast was driven by the scenario where me and my friend we didn't end up um, catching up Um, it was nice to have a drink uh, uh, sorry it wasn't even a drink it was a drink it was a it was a coffee and it was nice to have a coffee and a chat um, and just sort of catch up and do you know what came out of that and it was this communication piece if you've just listened to my podcast or you've listened to my previous podcast where I talk about communication and how important it really is um, in all dynamics of life, not just for your mental health and your well-being, just as general, if you give good communication, you get so much reward out of it. And today we sat down, and there was a—you uh, could see there was a, a, a bit of tension in the air. You know, there was a bit of—and I'm not saying sexual tension. You know what I mean? Don't get any funny ideas. Um, there was a little bit of tension in the air, and and I and I could feel it. And and I—it was me that caused that tension in the sense that we didn't meet up because of how I I, because of my anxiety and because I massively overthought the situation and I didn't get the confirmation back and I it's really hard to explain to this to someone is you know when you're kind of having these anxiety attacks if you've ever had one they're they're horrible um and and Genuinely, I know we all get certain exact element of anxiety about whether you've got to go and do a speech, or you know whether you've got anxiety for a new job or a new relationship. There is an air of anxiety about a lot of things we do in life, but we manage that. We cope with that anxiety because we're used to it. We we all know it all gets passed down the generations that you know, what we used to call butterflies when you would go and speak to someone, it's in that, it's anxiety, you know, you've got a bit of anxiety, it's an uncertainty, you don't really know, you're in, you're in a new area, something is unpredictable, so you get a bit of anxiety, we all suffer from anxiety, Christ, and there'll be an element, and I challenge anyone to say that they haven't felt some sort of anxiety in their life, um, because we, I think it, when you get anxiety, that is ultimately when you're challenging yourself and we must look at that but there's but there's such a fine line between a good spout and a good burst of anxiety to give you that function and managing it to when you lose control of that anxiety and that's often what is described as an anxiety attack um, and and I I rarely ever have them and, and and I genuinely mean I don't often I never get anxiety about going into talking to people I can talk to people all day long right? it doesn't matter put me in a room I'll talk and maybe a little bit of nerves but I normally calm that down quite quickly I'm quite confident in that, that ability however it seems to be I get this anxiety attack around unpredictability about a situation that I that I can't predict and I, I remember through one of my therapy sessions and my therapist said to me, and this was a, we were we were three or four f- sessions in, and she said, she gave me like a mid synopsis about twelve sessions, and she said about three or four in, she could see that I was one of these people that likes to t- to be in control. I absolutely do. It's, I think if I'm in control, I I can control the outcome. It, 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 I lessen, I reduce the risk of something severe happening, because I've planned it, I I can plan it, I can think about the escape route, or whatever it may look, and I'm sounding like I'm some sort of fucking spy, absolutely not I don't even know why I said escape route, I meant escape route in a fire, health and safety context but that absolutely sounded like I thought I was some sort of spy absolutely not, I'm a fucking health and safety advisor, so I was thinking about the escape route in the fucking, in the event of a fire, or a terrorist attack, that's genuinely what I was doing so but, I, but that's how I plan things. And when you get an anxiety attack, it's it's crippling. It's almost like, okay, right. Well, what I'll do, it's the easiest way to do this is to, 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 to explain the scenario. I'm going to give you the whole download of the scenario you can make a fundamental decision on. And it probably gives you a little inter- like an insight into what was going on. I'm going to give it, you know, pretty much as it happened in my head, the scenario. So you can probably think at the end of this, you, you are clinically insane, you absolutely do, and there'll be some deviations, don't worry about that, you, you absolutely do need therapy 24-7, you are fucking a looney tune, that's what you will probably get at the end of this, and I don't mind that, because I fucking know I'm a looney tune, I've been talking to a microphone for the last year, on my own, with nobody else responding, and ask, answering my own questions, so We all should have established by now, if you actually unpick that, that I know I'm fucking crazy, okay? So, anyway, but being my friend is very rewarding, okay? I can guarantee you that. Anyway, so... What happened was we had this occasion and it was booked in and we were like right fucking fantastic we gonna we haven't seen uh, Bill, uh, my mate Billy was coming over he, he was coming to the UK anyway and I will caveat that before he goes fucking I came over just for you he came over for a few things and we were gonna fucking all meet up as a group um, and like this positive vibe group that I've been talking about where we we just basically we we just. A, a group of grown men just fucking asking how things are going, and you know what I mean—just general fun banter and in a really good fucking place. And, and and if you speak to any man, we've all got a group like this. I guarantee most men are sluts. We'll have three or four of them fucking groups. You know, we'll we'll get different levels of severity on depending on what mem come or meme comes from one group to another group and a video sort of level. So we triage that shit. We've got different levels. One you you rarely fucking dip in. I will tell you that's a shocker anyway that's my digression piece right there so we all have one of these groups so we were going to meet up anyway um my our friend Nelster couldn't meet up because he was a a bit of a fucking absolute animal the last time we went out so he's been absolutely banned from from spending any time with us so that fell through um which is hilarious by the way because um it's all on the back of him just being a complete and utter fucking looney tune bit like we should all all men want to be we all inherently want to be children and stay children and act like children 24 fucking 7 we don't want to grow up men don't want to grow up i don't give a fuck what you say men don't, I, I look at my dad, and he's fucking 68, and he genuinely doesn't want to grow up, he will fucking still be drinking port, and fucking whiskey, and partying hard, right to the fucking bitter end, he doesn't want to be young, I get that, men don't want to, I think women do it gracefully, men don't want to, we like our strength, bulk, flexibility, etc, etc, anyway, that's, I can't speak for women, because I don't know, so, He got his ass kicked, couldn't happen, so it was just going to be the the three amigos, and um, we planned it, we planned it for Saturday the 17th, now I did say, caveat this, I did say, right, we're all going to meet up at 2 o'clock in town, Um, we'll fucking have a few drinks, we'll have something to eat, and then we'll just fucking see where the night goes, Um, my mate Kieran's getting the fucking last train back, so we knew what he was doing, so, uh, and, and I said, well, no one can stay at my house because I didn't have the space, uh, but we all made sure we had arrangements. But I wasn't 100% certain of the arrangements, but I let that flow because I knew I was going to ask some more questions further on down the line. So, we, you know, we, weeks gone by and not really heard much, and um, yeah, my anxiety started to sort of creep in around about Friday. So... Friday night, I went right. I'm gonna fucking send a message out. I want to know exactly what's going on, just so I can get my shit together because I'm overthinking everything. And I put a message out. There you go, fucking brilliant. We are doing da 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 da. Can you just confirm? There was no confirmation from anybody. So I started getting a bit panicky and I started overthinking things. And I was like, right, okay, well, maybe it's not happening. Do I? Is it not happening now? And because there was a lack of communication, and I talk about the communication piece, and this p- kind of unlocks the puzzle from the last um, from the last podcast, really. Um, and there was there was a li- very limited conversation, very limited conversation. I then found out, looked, uh, you know, the the, the Billster who was coming across, he he had other plans, so he was he was taught, caught up in a lot of other things. But I wanted everything to drop and talk to me. So. My anxiety went through the roof and then finally eleven o'clock, the Saturday came along, and um, he messaged. Well, I'm gonna be there about five o'clock, etc. etc. And I was like, this is no fucking good, mate. And and genuinely, because I didn't there was no communication, I'd assumed it wasn't going on because this was like half ten, quarter to eleven in the morning, and I was like, maybe we're supposed to be meeting in two hours. I would have heard from someone now at least. So, and I didn't get the communication. I didn't get that fucking like lock it in. It's ready to go. I'm going to be there. And then all of a sudden I was like, right. So I, bearing in mind, I then had the commitment aspect of the mental health overload from my family saying, what are we doing for the day, etc., etc. And, uh, and my wife wanted to plan to go and see Matilda. And I was like, fucking, I was stressing out. Because I just wanted confirmation. So, and this is, the, the, I think this, this is where it's going to become hilarious. or well, no, it may not be hilarious. But um, it, this is just goes to show the difference in two different men have such different outlooks and opinions. Or, not even outlooks, not opinions. Outlooks and, 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 yeah, probably just outlooks, actually. Just outlooks on life and the way we deal with things. Now... So, bear in mind, this is now half eleven, I've had to go into town, because I need to get some Christmas shopping, I need to wrap some bits up, I didn't know what was going on, so I just fucking went with the flow. Saw this message, and instantly I was fucking angry, and this is where I know the mental health aspect of me's fucking going crazy, because, I was angry then, I was like, no, I don't wanna fucking meet up mate, you've left this last minute, I've asked for this last night, I thought that's the way my mind was going, but what I wanna do, is I'm just gonna put you in the mind of an overthinker, and. What really, and this is what I have to explain to people, is is an overthinker. is a difficult person to deal with, because. But at the same time, if you're friends with an overthinker, you will it's very rewarding. And I guarantee, if you type in Google, uh, you know, f- I'm, I'm friends with an overthinker, or positive aspects to an overthinking friend, I don't know, Google something like that, and you will get a lot of positives. And this is the positives. And there, there is a hell of a lot of negatives, okay, of being an overthinker. You do... I, I'm, I'm, a bit, I'm a little bit unique. I'm a little bit unique in the way I deal with things because I'm quite outgoing. And I do like it, but it's got to be on my terms. I'm also an introvert where I like to be alone. I like to fucking chill out. I don't like any company at all. I literally could just sit and fucking chill and... and do nothing around anybody and I think that's I'm used to that sort of alone time I've been alone a long time and that's not me pulling out the fucking violins I'm just saying I did I spent seven years and I've, I've felt l- alone in my own fucking mind for a very long time despite having a lot of people around me I've spoken about this it's it can be very lonely with depression and and I have and because I've been in my own thoughts for a long long time I'm used to that loneliness, I'm used to that darkness and I'm I'm comfortable in it. If I wasn't comfortable in it, then I would be one of those horrendous statistics and I wouldn't be here talking to you. And that's because you're not comfortable with that loneliness. I had to become lonely or be comfortable with that loneliness to be able to survive. The, the plus side is I'm very positive and I'm also outgoing and I like to get that back. So the thing with an overthinker is They've already overthought, they've already thought about every single scenario. And one of the things I, one of the reasons I absolutely love being a health and safety advisor is because I overthink the scenario. So I'd like to think about what the worst case scenario is. And I do that in a lot of things. And on this Saturday, for instance, when I wanted that confirmation the night before of exactly what was going on and where people were going to be and where he was staying, the reason I wanted that was because I wanted the, the night to run smoothly. I wanted it to go smoothly, so I'd already thought, okay, well, he's going to be here at this time, that time's his train, he's going to be home by that time, text me when you get back in, fucking, we're going to go to this bar, this bar, this bar, this gives us enough time to do this, we'll get something to fucking eat here brilliant and that's the way my mind thinks and then I'm like I would have said to him you know how are you getting back and he would have gone fuck it I'll get an uber or you know a taxi and I'll go back to you know back to the flat where he was staying for the night and I was like okay fab that's all in hand I know where you're staying but I didn't know any of that information so I hugely overthought the scenario and I was like "I, I can't do this because I can't I can't be unpredictable and him turn around to me and fucking one o'clock in the morning when we're completely nutty trashed and goes, fucking James, I don't know where I'm going or fuck, I don't know where the taxi rank is or I didn't order an Uber I'm not staying anywhere. Do you know what I mean? Those things, they're the negatives of what I was running through and I didn't want that because I was like, that's undue stress. I don't want undue stress. I don't want pressure. So can you imagine as an overthinker and someone with anxiety, crazy fucking balling mess the type of scenario that I go through and I overthink everything and that's the unpredictability of it is, is that's why I want this information I want this information so I can process it and I'd love to be free and I'd love to be fluid and we and like I said we caught up to date and it was beautiful we sat down we had a good conversation and we spoke about that and we said about it and I tried to explain it a little bit in terms of you know what what goes on in my mind you know and it's still hard because he just sees it as I've come over and you were stopped that I wanted to enjoy. And I wanted to go to the, um, the clock and balls, which is my fucking home bar. He wanted a photo in the clock and balls. I've been saying to the clock, come to the clock and balls and he hasn't been there. And he mentioned today, he said, you know, it's been a year and a half and you are right. And that's on me. That's not on him. So I do get a massive amount of guilt. And when we didn't go out, believe it or not, I felt guilty as fuck because I didn't it was crazy, I went super angry, I went super anxiety, my, my anxiety went into fucking like, fuck everybody, I'm leaving the, that fucking group, I'm not talking to fucking them, and I went zero to fucking hero, and that is the problem with mental health, people don't see that, and that's, that's the, the crazy thing about mental health, the problem with it being such a silent killer, is nobody sees it, nobody sees what you're going on, and some people go, and I had it, I had my own mother say to me, when I told her, and I, and this was after about four years of doing stupid, crazy shit, she was like, and I sat down, and I fucking finally said, there's my diagnosis, and she said, I just, nobody thought you could get depression, you're too fucking out there, mate. you're too outrageous, how can you be sad, but it's, that's the problem, it doesn't, pick and choose who it wants to go to I fucking despise battling mental health I get really do you know what and I think this is where I'm at now I get exhausted like this last couple of weeks I've been absolutely bollocksed because it's exhausting with mental health when you overthink a scenario and you feel guilty you go through so many fucking emotions Like, that one day out turned into, because he didn't contact me that one night before, which seems so fucking trivial, but because he didn't acknowledge me physically at the request of me, because, again, we're two different personalities, he's very fluid. He said, he he quoted me today, he quoted um, uh, Bruce Lee. He said, be like water, (laughs) very easy to flow, but can come crashing down. I don't know why I spoke in that accent either, but he told me this, and I said I'd love to be fluid, mate. I don't, I don't have. I suppose I'll I'll get better at being fluid when I don't have so much responsibilities. But I think that I have to structure my life. I really do have to know what's going on and. I do overthink scenarios. I do have, I mean, I've got had a lot of negativity. So in terms of, I like to be predictable in terms of where I'm going to be, what the outcome going to be. If I know I'm going out and having a fucking large session with the labs and we're going to go out till silly o'clock, are we coming back to the clock and balls to have a few fucking drinks? And I know it's going to go until sort of two, three in the morning. Oh fuck, that's the next day and probably the next six months written off from that one night because <laughs> I'm fucking 41. But, it's not though, it's, it, but, but that, it's not, you know, it's, it's maybe, maybe a couple of days, but it's not like that, that's not what it's like for me, it's, I, I genuinely have, and it's really hard to, to, people don't realise how exhausting it is to have a mental health condition, it, it is exhausting, I wish, at the click of a fingers, it could go away, I genuinely fucking do, I've, I've I do everything I can to manage it, I try, but then I, these things are out of my control, and that's the crux of it, I'm 41 year old fucking dad, husband, you know, son, brother, and I can't control my mental health, do you realise how, how fucking, not deflating's the word I'm looking, how deflating, I was trying to think something, not to, how deflating that is as a person, as a man, you know, as anybody, not even about the gender. But how deflating it is to not be able to control your mental health. But, you, but when you try, you try, you try. and This is a problem. You get to a point where it's exhausting. And you get these huge curveballs that fucking swipe you in the side that you should be having a good night. But it transpires. You've completely cocked the whole fucking thing up. You've lost out on a memory. You've lost out on occasion with a good fucking friend and strengthening a bond. You've missed all of that because of an anxiety attack over the fact that you didn't, you didn't provide the information you wanted that's the that's the bill that's the the synopsis of it and that sounds crazy doesn't it that sounds fucking barking mad but that's the reality of mental health it doesn't pick who you are it doesn't choose when to strike it doesn't i, I although i am starting to see a bit of a pattern and this is where i think i develop and this is where you'll develop you will grow is i've understood now because this has happened to me 3 times i think now 3 times in the last year and a half two years which From a psychiatrist's point of view, it's fucking normal, you know. But that that these are these are proper ones. (laughs) These are the ones that debilitate me, and it's all been around a social occasion with people that I don't know. Of when I've when I've had the major anxiety attacks, aside from the little ones you get from driving in the dark and all the other fucking bollocks, the big ones that have actually lost me occasions, lost me memories. They're revolving around this social activity in an unfamiliar place with unfamiliar people. And I do get stressed about that. And that's because, I suppose, I have this this lack of sort of um, trust. And it takes a lot for me to, to feel safe around people. And that's the be all and end all. That's the truth of it. And... Mental health—that's obviously something that's helping me and supporting me in trusting the people that are around me. And I suppose it's probably on the basis that, you know, when you go through years of, like you said, bullying—I was very, I'd say, heavily bullied at school—and you go through years of bullying, you go you through years of. Um, I mean, I still endure bullying in in modern modern day fucking times with in modern fucking workplaces. I've still been bullied in. Two or three of my fucking previous jobs by poor management and and i and i don't call them leaders i call them managers and i've been i've been absolutely fucking destroyed by them and and that's the bill and all of it is that is there and that's why i'm so passionate about mental health and leadership and leading the right way is because i still get bullied so i still feel that trust problem because and, you know, I have it with, I've got, a, 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 I'd say, a new colleague of mine, and I, and it's difficult to find that trust, you know, especially when one of my colleagues, who was my colleague at the start, completely and utterly shafted me. Again, just the way his attitude. So, for me, it's, I have a really big trust issue of actually trusting people. And trust is very, 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 very hard to gain, but very, 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 very easy to lose. You know. So, and it's one of those ones. And it's I, I don't know. I don't know why it is. But it, but it, it triggers those occasions. And it's a, it's around that. I suppose that trust that. um Safety, that safety feature, I suppose. It's it's something that I try to incorporate to look after myself to make sure that I suppose it's almost like if someone's out there and they find it they find it difficult to get into a relationship because they've been hurt in previous relationships. Well, you know you'll put up barriers to the next person. And as you let those barriers down, you could potentially get hurt again. And then you put up even harder barriers. So you might start off with a perspex screen of barriers at the start of your fucking journey. And by the end, you're in armour fucking plated you know ballistic fucking walls up your fucking thing nobody's coming through and i know some people in my life that are like that um that are very much decided to chin fucking men off for the rest of their life and or chin people off for the rest of their life just like fuck you i'm done with you i've seen it and also i've done it myself i've put active barriers up against people and sometimes I've given them, like I said, I've run through that little scenario. Like I've got a certain thing, that I, this little network of things that I do. Like I said, I always offer people three times. By the time it gets to the third time, I'll fucking chin you off. You know, that's it, I'm fucking done. And very much also like, you know, if I treat you nicely and and you don't treat me nicely i'll give you three options to fucking change that and again it's very much what i do i go okay you you've you've fucked me off three times there's there's a problem here so let's fucking cut it off and i'm very much like that to protect my mental health and i think that as you if anyone's suffered from mental health problems you know depression anxiety ptsd adhd you know uh, if you've suffered from any mental health illness injury then you'll know that you have to put barriers up for your safety you have to because you don't want to get hurt it's very much like I said to you in my last one you know in my last podcast that whenever I go out I like everybody to have a good time despite how much it costs me because I don't like people to be sad because I know what it feels like to be sad you will often find people with depression are the most outgoing happy people face to face because they don't want you to be sad because they know when they go home and they're at home they can be surrounded by people and they can be fucking the most saddest people in the world they could the saddest person they could be they could be surrounded by so many people that love them but they can still feel the loneliest they've ever felt that is the problem with mental health so you can never really just pick it out you have to look for traits you have to look for patterns in mental health you have to look for those sort of sequences is what I call them it's and it's very much I know what my triggers are I'm starting to learn my triggers what upsets me and I try to avoid them and that's adapting and evolving with your own mental health and like I said to you plenty of times we try to manage ourselves, don't we we try to look after ourselves, and that's where we need to evolve we need to progress forward because once you want to, once you make that decision to grab your mental health and say, I'm going to take my mental health, I'm going to grab a hold of it, my well-being, and I'm going to start looking after myself. Once you've made that active decision to do it, and I mean commit to it, that's when you start seeing the, the, the things take place. And also you notice when you've been taken advantage of. You'll see the things, clarity starts coming back. You lift up that hazy fog over your eyes when you start making the right decisions, but we have to be conscious that we look for patterns, I look for patterns in my friends, I look for patterns in everywhere, I look for, and that's ultimately why I like mental health, and why I like things like health and safety, because I like to overthink, I like to look for patterns, I like to Pick out scenarios. I like to do that. And every day is a different day. So it challenges me every single day. And that's what you need to look for. You need to look for the things that make you happy. Look for the triggers that don't make you happy. But also, I think it's important to look for those in your friends as well to make sure they don't happen again. I mean, we had a conversation, like I said, we had a cup of coffee today. We caught up and it was brilliant. It was fantastic. It was. It wasn't as good as it would have been if we'd have gone out and had a social, a proper social. I get that. Um, and I'm learning from that. And, and like I said, he came out with that you need to be more fluid. And he's a very flexible person. And and in nothing fruity, okay, nothing fruity. Um, but in terms of he doesn't really have much pressures. He's over here. He's just going around with the flow, which is which is okay to be like that. I I can't be like that. So it's very difficult for me to to associate in in or it's not associate. It's very difficult for me to. Predict things with 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 that type of character, which is a character I aspire to. It's a character I want to be again. I was very much like that uh, in my youthful times. But when I get that back, it will become it will become fine. Well, actually, I don't think it will. Actually, I'm a liar. That's a complete and fucking lie. Because I I think I like to plan. I always have. I like to know where people are, what they're doing, and all that sort of stuff. But at the same time, the communication came across today. We sat down. We had a coffee not a cup of tea for your outside listeners in terms of the uk which is unusual um but we had a cup of coffee and we, we we managed to talk about these things so we spoke about it i tried to explain things from my my situation you know and reinforced a little bit as well with with terms of my pressures in my brain as well because it's it's important i said communication is so important and i wanted to get that point across i didn't mean it and he said to me he became passive aggressive, so he sort of calmed the, the texts down. But he said to me inside, you know, inside and at home before I was texting, I was fucking livid because I really wanted to catch up with you and et cetera, et cetera. And I went, I acknowledge that, mate, but this is what happened with me. And, and, and it was kind of like going, OK, so I don't want this to ever happen again. So he was like, if, if, if we're ever going to do this again, which we will. He turned around to me and said, message me personally, not put it in the group chat, because things get lost. And do you know what? He is right. has 110%. And I think the communication should have been better. I do think it's a 50-50 split. I'm going to say that now, if he's listening, Bilster. But it's one of those ones, because it is, and it sort of know, breaks me into a little bit, actually, of what I wanted to really sort of get to the crux of. And that's kind of like an overthinker. I've given you a little bit of a, a, a tip and a trick on, you know, Overthinking can be a good thing if you use it in the right scenarios, the right situations. Um, But it also can be, you know, one of those things that's. If you don't manage it, then you can massively. It can massively take control of your life. If you don't manage your anxiety and your overthinking, it can absolutely take control of your life. It's it's as simple as that. And a lot of people you see them, and. I associate it quite a bit with children, I suppose, because my daughters, they suffer from a lot of anxiety. It's a big wide world out there, I get that. And the the world at the moment is even bigger because the internet makes wor- the world seem smaller than it really is. When in actual fact, in the 80s and before that, before mobile phones came out, the the world wasn't that big to us. It was our estate, it was our city. It was, you know, I remember when I was, you know, sort of in my teenage years and traveling to Bristol, that seemed like a, you know, that seemed like now would be traveling to fucking New York. I was like, fucking hell, this is Bristol. Bristol for the day. It's only two hours in the fucking car, mate. But that's because we weren't connected. Whereas now we are connected even further, which makes the world seem smaller because we're seeing things... From around the world that we never would normally see. Unless you caught a glimpse of it on the BBC News. On black and white or fucking lustre colours. <laughs> you know on a big fucking 20 million fucking foot wide you know back TV. So we didn't really see a lot of that. So I see the pressures that they feel. They, they get anxiety. And they're feeling anxiety a lot earlier now than we did. In terms of me who's in the 80s. Whereas they feel that anxiety, they feel the pressures, they're connected, they get a lot more pressures for beauty and everything else. And they feel the pressures to constantly perform and succeed and, and just, it's, it's, it must be exhausting for them. I'm exhausted as an adult and I get to pick and choose because I don't have to rely on it that much. Not as much as children who now feel that they need to have millions and millions of people looking at them at one given time. It's almost like like fucking OnlyFans, you know. I mean, Christ alive, mate, you know. You, you you were lucky if you got to go around one of your mates' house and fucking sniff your, sniff his mum's fucking knickers. you know what I mean? And that, that was the close you got. Fucking OnlyFans, five ninety nine, mate. You get full on, you know what I mean? So it's like you know you're watching your mate's mum on <laughs> fucking OnlyFans, selling herself for fucking five ninety nine. You know what I mean? You don't need to fucking imagine it now, mate. <laughs> so you know the the world's connected. The world's connected. But overthinking can be debilitating. It's as simple as that. And one of the things I spoke about a minute ago was your triggers. Look for these triggers. Look for these patterns. And I think this works across the board in terms of everybody should be doing this in your friendship group. I don't mean give yourself, oh, my God, there's so much more work to do. I need to look out for his triggers. I need to look out for fucking Dave's triggers. Oh, Frankie, he's a trigger. He's trigger happy. What the fuck am I going to do about him? Oh, fucking hell. Oh, Tommy. Oh, Tommy, two fingers. He's got two triggers. Fuck. No, I'm not telling you about that, okay? That's not what I'm thinking about. I'm not saying overthink these things. I'm just saying if, in you know, something keeps happening, so there's a negative occasion that constantly happens, look out for that trigger. If it's every time, fuck, you know, unless it's, you know, fucking, I suppose when you're a bit younger, you couldn't really look for that trigger for me because I used to always say when I was... I'd go out on a Thursday, I'd go out on a Friday, and I'd always say on Friday night at 3 o'clock in the morning, yeah, I'll be out tomorrow night, fucking great one. And I'd never because I had to do the fucking uh, girlfriend-boyfriend thing on the Saturday night, so... It was one of those things, a bit different. But um, get to know your triggers. That's the sim- That's the be all and look out for your triggers. You need to take charge of that. Look out for what upsets you. If you've got a close friend, look out for that trigger. Try to be mindful of that. If that upsets that person in a certain scenario, like for instance, I, I hate driving. It's as simple as that. I, I, I fucking despise it at this time of year. And my mate Kieran, absolutely every single time, Drives everywhere. I will drive here. I'll drive there. I'll drive. He's not bothered. He's he's completely and utterly chilled about it. So he knows that. He So he, he combats that by making sure that if we go anywhere, he'll drive for us. And that's not me being lazy. Absolutely fucking not. Because I you know we still split the fuel down the middle. When I would drive if I could. But it's a much more pleasant ride for him and me. Because I don't get angry. I don't want to fucking step out and try and fucking drag someone out of the car. And he doesn't have to endure me effing and blinding at every man. Do- Although... I'm still a bit of a fucking passenger driver. So it's one of those songs. But look out for the triggers. Try to support those people. Try to support yourself. I know that, in fact, this is the caveat bit. The underpinned bit is I actually know I'm noticing these triggers. So I'm acting on them. And that's where we develop. That's where we evolve. That's where we get better. We become better rounded human beings. And that's important to basically get ourselves through. And one of the biggest things I found with overthinking is you need to recognise what you can and can't control. And coming from a control freak, that's a really big point. Because I there's certain things that I, I need to accept I cannot control. There's certain things that I can control in certain scenarios, but if you beat yourself up about not being in control, like I do, you will it it will be debilitating. And if you're in that scenario, this is where I need to evolve. So I'm trying to be more fluid. I'm certainly trying to, this is something I'm trying to work on myself. And this is where I call development. I don't call New Year's resolution, like I said, I fucking hate New Year's resolutions. Um, What it is, is development. You need to develop, we always need to develop ourselves. Otherwise, like I said, you just sit stagnant. You need to develop yourself. You need to push yourself. You need to give yourself that determination. You need to find out what is making you tick quote that was spoken to me today that i i've heard before and i love is find a job you love and you'll never work a day in your life and it couldn't be more prevalent than ever it's an employee's world out there at the moment not an employer's you can pick and choose where you want to go so pick something find something that you enjoy focus on developing yourself and that means developing the future stuff. So if you get triggered over certain scenarios, if you're you know, a, a poor listener, try to listen more. If you know you're a guy that needs to fucking give more speeches, then go out and practice your speeches. Practice, learn, evolve, develop. These are all key words that we should all be doing as humans. Because if you're not, you will sit there stagnant and the world will just keep pissing by from left and fucking right. And you'll get nothing out of it. And I know that can be so so difficult because we're all in different... We're talking about mental health here. And it's very easy for me to preach this to you. I get that. It's very easy for me to sit there and go, fucking do this, do that, do that. I can do that all along. I love motivating people. Fuck, I could motivate fucking so many... I love motivation. That's what I enjoy doing. I'd love to be, you know, sort of... uh, One of these sort of people that constantly looks at people's lives, and just, I don't know, just motivates people, because I enjoy it, I get a lot out of it. I see it's very rewarding, and because I see it's very rewarding, I continue to do it. So it's kind of, sorry, two seconds, (laughs) why? There we go, (laughs) sorry, (laughs) I was just trying to sort my, I lost my music for a minute there, and I was wondering what it was. But it's very much, you need to constantly evolve and, if you're not evolving, then you will just sit stagnant. And that's when you get bored. That's when you make differences, you make mistakes. If you make mistakes, you're not gonna get out of that rut. So you need to constantly develop yourself. So it's really, really important that we develop and evolve. And that is, like I said, one of the, one of the points of recognizing what you can and can't control. That's something I'm gonna develop on next year. I'm gonna develop my skills. I'm going to start trying to acknowledge that I can't control every parameter. And do you know what? It was put probably the easiest way is block booking. We all do it, don't we? We've all block booked our diaries, et cetera, et cetera. We've all, you know, block booking of uh, of, of holidays, whatever you want to call it. Um, my mate Billy actually said, well, in his mind, and this is where I'm going to sort of caveat the bit that he he spoke sense, but this also just underpins how crazy you can think when you when you have anxiety, is... He turned around to me and said, "As far as I was concerned, you know, you said meet at two o'clock, and till fucking closing, and you know that was it. I you couldn't I couldn't stay at yours because I was so I made arrangements, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But I knew that that period, that period, we were going to meet up. So because there was three of us, I knew that you were going to go in with your with, with Kieran, and we were going to have a couple of beers. And he said, no, I just would have met you in the pub and carried on.' So that is how easy that scenario was in his head, and it works." doesn't it? The the scenario works, he knows you're going to be there. But because I didn't have that confirmation, because I wanted him there actually earlier, so I could spend a bit more time catching up, because we don't catch up as much. Because of all those little fine details, something that was so simple became an absolute chaotic mess in my mind. And that is learning to control myself. That was a situation I couldn't control. But in actual fact, when you think about things properly, I could control that, because I could have just said, nice one, mate. Fucking... Kieran, we'll go down about 2, 3 o'clock, mate, we'll have a couple of beers, just catch up, wait for Bilster, yeah, and then carry on, we'll go round here to eat, and it would have been that fluid, but anxiety fucking kills, man, and, it, it, and do you know what, it's really frustrating and annoying to say it, because I'm like, that's how easy it was, James, what the fuck are you doing, mate, you absolute looney tune. So it's really important to look at what you can and can't you can and you can't control and then actively triaging that if you know that's a situation you can't control make sure you try to do what you can to control it if it's completely not a situation that's not involving you and you're trying to control it you're fucking crazy let it go you're putting yourself in an early grave and this is me talking to myself like on the shoulder talking into my ear one of the biggest things I think is is the is avoidance avoid avoidance? That's one of the things I'm trying to say. It was a double barrel thing there, but one of the things that I think is one of the biggest things is avoid avoidance. So don't not put yourself in a situation. And one of the things that I think I absolutely crushed me the most about the anxiety side of things wasn't the fact that you know I was staying in because you know you look at it from a positive. Well, okay, you stayed in. I didn't have a hangover. Um, I got a good night's sleep. I um, didn't spend any money. It was relatively relaxed, I was quite chilled out, no problems. However, that's a standard night. What I actually missed was, because I avoided that situation, what I actually missed was a fucking good time with my friend, making a memory, putting the world to rights over a fucking pint, because we fucking Brits love that, and I missed out on anything that could have happened between fucking point A and point B. I missed out on all of that because I didn't know when point A started and when point B finished. That's the real. That's the reality of it, and that's the cripple. The crippling effects of of mental health is, and when you talk about it, and I'm unpick it, and this is the beauty of me talking openly is because I like to be able to analyse things. This is where the the reflection takes an absolute fundamental core of this is where it's, it's the it's the basis of it if you can reflect properly and talk it puts a smile on my face I've got a smile on my face because it's so fucking stupid about what happened and even thinking about it now and talking to you and I know you've already made your decision of the that I, I said you I'd get towards the end and you'd think I was a crazy bastard and here I am towards the end thinking I'm a crazy fucking bastard and I know I'm a crazy bastard but that's mental health you can be the strongest person on the outside. One day I can literally, if you told me you can fucking fly to the fucking moon tomorrow, just put this on, I'd go and fucking do it. You fucking tell me to go to a pub with a friend and have a good time, I'm like, oh fucking hell mate, yeah, I, need, I need barriers up everywhere there, that's fucking crazy shit. And that's the reality of mental health. And the reality of wearing these faces, wearing these different masks. What be, What can be perceived as being... What the fuck are you doing, mate? You you're just chinning me off. And that's the way you can absolutely see this from the outside. But the inside of it is, and the reality of it is me focusing on being the you know the the, the talker I am, saying to you it, it's not quite as simple as that. It's craziness. So maybe you've got a friend that keeps doing that. Maybe you want that conversation. Have that conversation. Communicate. Have the conversation. Let him know. If you're an overthinker, you panic about certain situations absolutely just make it known i don't like that scenario mate it, it puts me out if it's a scenario that we think that you could learn from as friends will nurture you now we we'll have it go we'll have a go we'll have a go we'll try it if it's one of those situations that point blank you know it's like you your fear of fucking going into i don't know dark places and they say we're going to go pothole in if you turned around and said no i'd go fucking fair play mate <laughs> I'm not coming either. <laughs> do you know what I mean? But you, you, that you need to triage that and, and find some support. If it was a case of, you know, I've had a car crash and I never want to get behind a fucking wheel again, if you can support somebody by coaxing them on, bringing on their mental health, getting them in as passenger for a quick drive, getting them feeling that support, nurturing them, that's what we do as friends and family and loved ones, is we nurture the right things. We understand, we unpick things. Yes, it never goes smoothly. Life doesn't go smoothly. Christ, anybody with a little ounce of common sense will understand that life is not smooth. And to be perfectly honest, if it was smooth and plain sailing, you've lived a fairly fucking standard vanilla life, really, because you want to be in those rocky roads. And I know it's very easy to say, but it is. I think every type of event makes me a better human being or helps me to grow. Don't look at the past as, you know, as a, as a, you know, a, I don't know, a, a difficult period. Don't look at the, the past as a negative. Look at the past as a lesson learned. I know that I did something wrong there because you will find that there'll be scenarios where it didn't go your way. But you would have made a point in that. That would have been partly your fault it's not it's never normally completely one person and, and in most scenarios there's it it, it takes a couple of it takes two to tango as they say and i think that for me that's the fundamental basics is making sure you don't if you learn and evolve if you know you had an addiction to something pull yourself away from it you try not to go back there because you know that shit's bad try and find your serotonin boost from something else to remove yourself from that addiction to, to finding your serotonin boost in, boost in something more healthy, something a bit more spiritual. That's the point. That's what we do. We learn, evolve and develop. And that is that is where we become better as people. And I think that that's sort of really the sort of <laughs> the key points I wanted to get out today. Because like I said, I had a, an absolutely fantastic time today. I, I, it wasn't, like I said, it wasn't as good as it, as it would have been, as it could have been. Um, but I needed it. I needed that serotonin boost of catching up with him. Um, I've learned something out of it. And we, I shared that experience with my friend to understand it and unpick it. And I think that that, for me, was the best thing that happened, really. Because although it didn't have the best scenario, and I know he's pissed off and I'm pissed off, you know. And But we can't dwell on it. There's, there's absolutely no point in dwelling on it. It's in the past. We're going to learn from it. I'm going to learn from it. I have to learn from it. And this is the point and the, and, and the facts of mental health. You have to learn and evolve. If you don't, like I said to you, you're sitting stagnant. Communication. Overthinking is a cripple. Anxiety. They all have their different meanings, foundations. They all have their different side effects, don't they? Anxiety can cripple you in some ways, but can support you in other. You might get anxiety about doing a certain situation, but that situation... Because you've got anxiety, you take your time. You do things properly. Or it might completely and utterly debilitate you and stop you from progressing forward or, or taking the risk or taking the challenge. As human beings, we should be taking risks. We should be pushing boundaries. And that's what happens when you get stuck and stagnant is you've stopped pushing the boundaries. You've started just accepting this is your path. And that's where you fail. If you look at any successful person such as, you know, I don't know, Joe Rogan, Paddy Bimlet, um, uh, Colin McGregor, these are from the MMA and I've just been reading an article, which is why I was able to spash them off there. But if you look at those people and anyone really in any of their fields, even Greta Thunberg, you know, you look at Greta Thunberg and you think to yourself, how is she successful? So, so how is she so successful? You know, and they and they're all successful because they've all stuck at what they enjoy. They've taken, they've taken enjoyment and have taken it to the next level, and they've pushed the boundaries every single time. Elon Musk always pushing the boundaries. Everybody does. Joe Rogan with his shows and his podcast pushing boundaries. He's he's interviewing Elon Musk now. That's where he sits because he's carried on with those situations, but that's where we need to that's where we need to continue to grow look at where we're going wrong I'm small fish in a big pond I know that I absolutely get that but at the same time it's not about competing it's about understanding guidance support I'm going through this fucking shit absolutely crazy journey um I, I read a statistic actually I'm gonna try and get this uh, statistic up bear with me a second this was from this was from 2022 okay so if I can get it, <laughs> I don't know why I went like that. <laughs> I just went a bit fucking fruity there, mate. Sorry, guys. Um, it's because I'm trying to find this bloody thing. <laughs> there it is. Here it is. <laughs> anyway, so this is. Um, I found. Out, I, I'll read it. I'll read it as it's as it's written in this article. I was reading about on, on this health and safety page uh, and well-being page that I'm on, and it says the latest. And it's not. Sorry, my apologies. Um, it's in 2021, so last year. Uh, Latest suicide statistics for England and Wales published by the Office for National Statistics show that 507 people working in construction industry committed suicide in 2021. So, now, that may not sound like a lot of people, but that's 507 suicides. That's not intentional deaths. That's not... Sorry, it is intentional deaths. Sorry, it's not unintentional deaths, accidents, incidents, or anything like that. This is somebody that's taking their life so this is an increase from 483 in 2020 and they predict it to be um what's it say there the construction suicide toll was 20 even was 25 more than the previous five years again so it's growing they're saying it's growing on average 25 to 30 in the construction trade this is one construction trade so and where's it there's a little statistic here and it says here that of there, 97% were men. So that is absolute, and it is because construction trade is predominantly a male dominated environment, but to have 97%, so there was like, th- out of all that I think is, um, well, know, I'm not very really good at maths, but um, that's a huge statistic. In, in men that are committing suicide in a construction trade, when we're in a, a, a construction boom, if you like, building houses everywhere, left, right and centre, the, the suicide rate has gone up. And that is absolutely crazy. That's another huge statistic of men committing suicide. So this is why we try to talk and battle and... Would, it, would communication have helped? I don't know. We don't know. We need to try these things out. That's what I said, removing the feelings aspect in the last podcast. And I talk about, let's turn it into issues, concerns, problems, not even label it. Just talk openly. Move past those barriers. And let's, I mean, Christ has such an, in fact, actually, sorry, no, my apologies. I said 97%. I've just scrolled down. Of 507 construction suicides last year, 503 were male that's absolutely barking mad i mean that is absolutely crazy i just I, it blows my mind that statistic and that's in construction trade that's just absolutely crazy that doesn't involve that's not even that's not even a national that's just a, a uk statistic from last year and it's going up 25 to 30% every year that's just absolutely bonkers we need to be able to just grip this and i know it's tough i i like i said i feel the pressures i feel the pressures financially emotionally i was talking um in my last podcast about emotional connection and how we lose that when we when we get mental health patterns. and this is something i want to talk about in my next one is emotional connection and emotional mental health i want to talk about this in the next one because it's 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 debilitating and these are all factors that that all caused these statistics, not communicating, not talking, not being open, not being honest, not asking for help when we need help. So don't sit there, don't suffer in silence. We're on the build up to Christmas. And the reason I want to do this, the reason I've done this today, and I'm going to continue to do this on the build up to Christmas, is because like I said, this I felt like a lonely time for me, and it has done in the years, and I still don't feel great this year. I still get the same fucking problems and it's crippling me. It's exhausting me. If I'm brutally honest, it's exhausting me. I've spoken for the last 50 minutes about the scenario from one night. It's exhausting. This is what it's like. It's fucking crippling. And we need to evolve. We need to we need to develop ourselves. But like I said, this is a build up for me. It's a very difficult time. I've got a lot of the darkness, the rain, the wet, the miserable weather being stuck indoors, not being able to go out for my reflection walks because it's fucking howling down with, excuse me, rain. So I need to manage it. And I'm also conscious that if I felt lonely, I know there's not going to be just me in this world that's felt lonely. There's, Like I said to you, I'm not the first, I'm not the last, and I'm not the only one. So I want people to listen, I want people to acknowledge, and I want to keep banging the drum. And I want people to reach out to other people. Make sure you connect more. Make sure you make the effort. People want to see people. We want to, there's no, I look at life as, you know, it's a process. It's a journey of building a collection of people that are going to be there at your funeral. (laughs) That's what it is, really. Um, So you want the right people around you. And the right people around you, you need to keep looking after. Make the... Can you hear the rain now? That's fucking hooly. It's a fucking hooly out there, boy. She's blowing a hooly, boy. Anyway. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Look out for people. Look out for yourself. Look out for each other. Stay connected. That's the really, really, really important message uh, on this build-up to Christmas. Stay connected. And... Um, <sighs> mental health's real. It really is. I can't emphasise that anymore. There is... People that are out there that abuse it, absolutely, and I can't do anything about those, but it is real, and that's the fact of the matter is, there is people out there that are suffering from it, um, and there is people out there that don't know how to deal with it, and, and sometimes I'm that person. I can talk about it, I can research it, but that that isn't, it doesn't massively help me. I'm trying to, when you get the attack, it can cripple you. So stay connected on the build-up to Christmas. Merry Christmas to you all. And I will continue to talk. I will be here right up till Christmas where I want to talk to you all on Christmas morning live. I'm going to do a little live hour session where I'm just going to jump on, have a talk. And if anyone wants to jump on and listen, I'm just there to wish you all a Merry Christmas. Um, I'm going to do that because I think it's important that we all get wished a happy Christmas on Christmas Day. So I look forward to hearing you uh, speaking to you and uh, and yeah and hopefully you'll jump on another lesson. Um take care. Enjoy the rest of your evening. I'll speak to you soon.